Welcome to Automated Mobility, the people behind the wheel. In this podcast series, we get to know the experts working in the field of automated mobility. What drives them and how do they think their work contributes to a better mobility system? I am your host, Henriette Cornet, and I am the coordinator of SHOW, a European project testing automated vehicles in real life. SHOW is led by UITP, the International Association of Public Transport. Together with 70 other partners, we investigate a future where mobility is shared, connected and automated. In this episode, I'm interviewing Pekka Eloranta from CitoWise. Hello, Pekka. Welcome. Nice to have you here with us today. Thank you, Henriette. It's nice to be here, even though it's raining today. Yes. <laughs> but look, but here we are in a cozy area. It's, I hope you're comfortable. You I am. Well. Great, great, great. Let me introduce you to the, to the audience. Um, you are Pekka um, Eloranta, so I would like you later to say your name with the Finnish accent. I guess it sounds a bit different. Yeah, but I, you did it rather well. It's oh, okay. Pekka Eloranta. And you you said it properly. You okay, know? nice. Great, great, great. Uh, I, had, I had luck. <laughs> yeah, you were lucky. Um, so you are leading consultant at CitoWise. Uh, you will tell us more about uh, wh what you are doing there. And you are also the coordinator of the Finnish demonstration activities in the show project. And you are leading the satellite site activities. So the audience may not be uh, clear uh, yet what is this, the difference uh, between this uh, different type of, acti of demonstration activity in the project. But we will come back to that uh, later. And let's, let's keep show aside for now. And uh, I would like to first uh, get to know you a bit better, so that the audience get to know you uh, a bit better and um, know what you are doing at CitoWise. So, the, the way I like to ask people about their job is, what do, you, what do you tell your friends and family about your job? How do you explain it? Well, the, when I was younger, my daughter was also younger. So, she told everybody that... My, my daddy is moving papers, uh, but uh, that's not really really my job. I'm, I'm involved in, uh, in, in research and development activities in, in CitoWise. So I have uh, been working in this area since 1994, when the world, first World Congress on Transport Telematics, so you know this kind of intelligent transport systems, so started in, in Paris ages ago and then we started the first project uh, to develop new kind of a mobility services for citizens and I uh, I was at the time the the Finnish activity leader so I started ages ago and, and I'm I'm doing research so I I'm well I'm a project manager coordinator whatever and I have uh, good teams to help me to prepare all kinds of new mobility-related services. And in the show showcase, as you can say, I'm, I'm, of course, dealing with automated transport services. Mm -hmm. But you mean that in, uh, at CitoRise, you are not dealing only with automated mobility, or in your career so far, so it was mm -hmm. also like other forms of, yes, uh, of mobility? Yes. Um, well, I have, my background is in, in 
logistics of freight. Mm, I see. Uh, and through that, I came to the passenger transport. And then we decided that uh, we need to enhance the possibilities for citizens to move. And there are so many areas where conventional public transport, buses or trains or trams or whatever, they are not serving, but they still should be served and they uh, all these citizens should be served and they should have possibilities to to travel in finland we have a lot of sparsely populated areas rural areas and if you don't have uh, something in addition to the conventional bus transport for example so they have no possibilities to participate in society mm-hmm. so gradually i started to move towards uh, development of uh, new kind of mobility services for all people, also those who have perhaps disabilities, handicaps, they may be elderly, they may have difficulties in, in moving or, or whatever. And and for them, it's very important to also offer services, mm-hmm. as has been discussed here in Hamburg lately very much. So mobility and services related to mobility, they are for all, not only for, let's say, the young ones or the ones to, that are working, but also the gray-haired <laughs> persons like me. So <laughs> so this is very important and that's one of my key roles at the moment. Yeah, and that, I guess, it sounds like it's something that uh, motivated you to start investigating this, this field of uh, automated mobility. Yes, absolutely, because um, w- when we test automated mobility in Finland, So we are doing the tests in an area where you have uh, several kinds of different groups like immigrants, school children, uh, housewives or men living with the children, um, elderly, disabled. So all kinds of uh, special user groups in the same suburban area. So we have in our pilot area, test area, world in a nutshell, as I always say all kinds of users and it's it's very important to understand that that uh, public transport services are targeted and meant to be used by all not not just some few of of uh, citizens mm-hmm. yeah it's it's we are very aligned on that i guess and it's uh, something that is uh, im- very important for UATP mm-hmm. to uh, to think of uh, integrated uh, automated mobility to the public transport system so it's not something that should be Uh, something like a lux- luxury, like uh, just for for few people that can afford, like having an automated cars on a uh, car on their own, things like that. But really, looking at how automated mobility could make life better in city for all, and really with not only addressing, like I think public transport often really focuses on um, commuters. Yeah. There are of course the math are using public tra- public transport, but there are all the people around uh, that also need good access to services, as you said. Yeah, as a matter of fact, that, that's a very important point. In the city of Tampere, we just introduced our new tram line or light rail, whatever you might call it. We call it tram, um, 20 kilometer stretch uh, of, of uh, you know, services. And and it's it's going to be, and it is, it is already now the backbone of our public transport mm-hmm. system. But, but To reach the hubs, the, let's say the, the the places where you jump into the tram, so you need also services, and 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 even two kilometers or one kilometer walk in Finland it may be challenging because we have winter, we have snow, mm-hmm. we have uh, minus 30 degrees sometimes, 
and and we have, as I said, we have special users. So it's very important that we develop integrated services where all the parts of the public transport chain are working seamlessly together. That's one point in Tampere. And one, one important element is also the climate change. Um, Tampere has strategies that target to carbon neutrality. And when we target to carbon neutrality, so we have to develop services that are not causing pollution or congestion or anything like, you know, no, these disadvantages. And, and so when we develop something in the show project, it's not only for the project, it's for the future and it is for the, the whole traffic system and climate goals that we have set in the city of Tampere and in Finland. So, so th there is kind of a bigger picture, but we have to remember that the bigger picture should help and support mobility for all citizens. Mm -hmm. yep. Very well put and also uh, it's good that you put show into context because that's something uh, um, I've been discussing this also uh, in, in Hamburg since you mentioned it. Um, it's like not doing technology for the sake of technology, but really with a, with a wider purpose. And okay, we of course we apply to get funding from uh, the commission or local uh, local funding agencies, but at the end there is a, there is always a kind of a, a goal. So it it should fit into uh, a context uh, of, a, of a wider picture. Yes, absolutely. And and um, I I love this kind of approach where the European Commission is supporting us to develop something that is also targeted by um, the areas, cities and regions that are involved in show. Uh, and, and it's very interesting to show that or see that the funding that we do receive from the European Commission, it is supporting activities so that we can get, get also funding from our national sources and then we can create the whole concept. And, and this is very important. So the objectives of uh, the Commission and the objectives of, uh, for example, the city of Tampere, they, they are totally in line. And both sides are then interested in supporting the activities that we are going to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's, I have to say it's also a challenge, right? We know that that causes also kind of challenges in the project, having to rely on different source of, yeah. of, of funding that makes everything a bit more, more risky, let's say, and mainly in this time of, of pandemic where cities, we have noticed in the project that cities may have, um, uh, mostly in 2020, had other uh, priorities, let's say. Uh, and when we wrote the proposal before in uh, 2019, so, uh, the priorities were a bit different. But I also, uh, I also like this idea that uh, show is really unique for this setting of uh, of being um, collaborating with local initiative and local ecosystems. Mm -hmm. So for the audience uh, to know um, what's unique in the project is really we are uh, dealing, of course, with the usual vehicle manufacturers and uh, operators and so on, but also, as you mentioned, really cities, municipalities, and uh, that, that's quite unique. I don't think they are in many European projects. I think they, they are more active locally, and that's great to connect, kind of, I would say, connect the dots and compare what is do, what is happening in this local ecosystem and to compare with other local ecosystems in Europe. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I don't know how it is in other countries, but in Finland, we also have this kind of a national growth program for transport activities. So, so when we are developing show, 
just in a suburb of Hervanta in Tampere. So the city of Tampere is participating in, in this bigger picture and development processes where we want to create something that is not useful only for the city of Tampere, but it is also useful for the other cities in Finland and it is supporting the, the these bigger progr- programs like, like the sustainable growth program or our new traffic one, two, this kind of a development uh, framework where we are developing the whole whole um, traffic system in Finland. So so even though we are we are talking about uh, piloting on activities with the fleet of some six vehicles for one year in Hervanta suburb, so we are creating the bigger picture continuously. And the very positive thing in Finland is that the cities, the bigger cities in Finland, they are continuously communicating and they they are sharing information experiences and setting let's say the objectives and goals together not only isolated so that one city is doing this, their own things but they are also changing ideas this is a very positive thing in finland so i'm very very confident that when we have show project Let's say we, when we finalize it, there will be several other cities in Finland and also elsewhere, of course, that will uh, be very interested in, in let's say, in, in exploiting the results mm-hmm. uh, for their own benefit because it's the, well, it's the benefit for the society, not only for for the cities. So, so I think uh, show will be a kind of a let's say leader, spearhead, whatever project uh, and help will help also other cities. As we have seen, there is a lot of interest towards our activities. So we'll help the other cities to to continue the development work based on our experiences. So we will not stop when the project is over. We will continue the process based on the on the things that we have been doing. So I can, I'm trying to see not not only the smaller pilots and and uh, cities activities, but the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. And as, as you mentioned this, uh, earlier, the sat- satellite, I'm the leader of satellite pilot sites. And it's just, it was a kind of a strange word for me in the beginning. Uh, but then I realized that uh, it's, it's a kind of a, describes very well because we have mega sites, big ones, me- uh, bigger areas and, and perhaps uh, even combination of several regions. And then we have these smaller sites like uh, the city of, of Tampere or Turin, Trikala in, in Greece, or, or Brno in Czech, Copenhagen in, in Denmark, and so on, and Eindhoven in, in, in the Netherlands. So they are, they are doing the same things, but perhaps they have a smaller, let's say, the, the, the environment, but they are still doing the same things. And, and then we can also change ideas and experiences between megasites and satellite sites, and also within satellite sites. Okay, but just for the for the audience to to understand properly this uh, satellite site concept, um, so satellite sites focus on a more specific uh, aspect of the of the of the demonstration or of user groups. So tell tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, as a matter of fact, the, the satellite sites they 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 have a little, let's say, a bit more narrow scope. So they are not doing all the possible use cases or different different services that the megasites are doing, but they are concentrating on some of these. But still, they, when we put together all the uh, results and, and, let's say, developments from the, from the satellite sites, they will cover all the, all the possible uh, 
services and, and so-called use cases that we have identified. But indeed, uh, satellite sites are a bit smaller and with a bit more limited uh, scope or uh, range of services. And then we have also the follower sites, which which are then, we, we have to remember them. They want to actively follow what we are doing and they are in, in the show project, I mean, and then they are trying to find what what kind of a assortment of services based on the experiences from a show they would like to implement and deploy. So, so we don't have only mega and satellite sites, we have also followers. And one very important thing that we have is twinning. So we are also changing experiences, ideas, views, lessons learned between uh, Asian and American organizations. And we have to remember that even though European Union is very kind enough to, to provide us with funding, so we are not doing this only in Europe. We are talking continuously with, with uh, um, let's say, America, Asia, also Asia-Pacific area, because we have connections to, towards Australia and, and New Zealand also. So the, I would say that the show is a kind of a global project in that sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, and you are making great advertisement about the project. I'm very happy to hear uh, the way you formulated and the way you presented because like this uh, international aspects of it is important. We signed already collaboration agreements with uh, with China, also uh, with uh, with Japan. We are very happy uh, about that and the discussions are ongoing with uh, with US. So yeah, as you said, it's 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 even broader than Europe. So I think uh, there will be so many so many learnings uh, as outcome from the project. That would be um, something really to for, for the next not only project as you said before, next initiatives, uh, good, uh, very uh, positive thing and uh, impactful um, learnings. Uh, coming back just for the for the satellite site, I uh, I still want to get something. So can you tell us specifically for uh, the city of Tempere, what is special there? So what are you investigating there uh, in detail, meaning, and what is different from the other sites in the project? Yeah, that, that that's a good question, and I should have remembered to say it from the very early no uh, stages of the, of this podcast. But uh, but indeed we have some specialities in Tampere. Firstly, uh, we have, the city of Tampere has offered us a possibility to use a private 5G uh, test network. So we can test uh, 5G and automated driving together so that we can see what kind of a benefits uh, this kind of new uh, mobile phone or cellular technology will bring to automated transport. And we know at the moment that, that we can have very low latency, meaning very, very quick uh, communications and responses so that we can even, we even control, uh, uh, we, can, we can control and monitor the vehicles remotely from from let's say control tower control center how whatever you call it so low latency very good reliable and also communications with high capacity we can send a lot of uh, messages even video from vehicles to the control center so that that's one of the things yeah and just to stay on that shortly so for everyone to to understand the concept so the vehicles that we deploy they will not drive completely 
autonomously, would say, mm-hmm. like on the completely on their own, taking decision on their own, but they also communicate with the infrastructure, with this center, this tower, uh, control tower. Maybe you can explain this a bit more so that everyone understands um, yeah, th- this, this idea of being driverless um, and con- with, with this connection with the control yeah. tower. Yeah, uh, one thing that we do have in the beginning is, of course, that we have a person, somebody to take care you know, that, that everything is working. So we call these guys safety drivers. So they will be there. But but at the end of the day, the objective is not to have any physical driver in the vehicles. And based on the Finnish legislation, for example, it is already now possible that there is a remote driver. He has to have, he or she has to have a driving license. Mm-hmm. But he is allowed or she is allowed to to monitor and control the vehicles remotely. So not in the vehicles. Not in the vehicles. And, uh, and to be able to do that, of course, you have to have very good and reliable and very fast communication uh, possibilities or channels. And that is the 5G cellular network. So th- this is very important. They have estimated that one, one, let's say, this kind of a control person, remote driver, could uh, manage up to five from five to seven vehicles at the mm-hmm. same time. Okay, this means also that the, the costs to provide services uh, decrease dramatically because you don't have to have a physical driver. On the other hand, it could be also told otherwise. With the same amount of money, we can have much, much more services. So this is one of the objectives of the city, to provide as good services as possible with the reasonable amount of money. But when it comes to Finland and our side, so what, what is special in, in, in Finland is, of course, that we have winter. And in the winter time, you cannot see road markings, uh, lane markings, that kind of things. You uh, may have minus 30 degrees below zero, meaning that it is causing challenges for batteries in the vehicles, you know, accumu- accumulators. And, and, and it, uh, we have set you know, we have set very, very many challenges that do not exist in, in let, let's say, when you go to, to USA, California, the sun is always shining. You, you don't have rain, you don't have anything, no fog, no ice. So, so of course, it's much easier to drive there, but we wanted to check how can we create and, and provide automated services in winter conditions. That's one of the, the let's say, the specialities in, in Finland. So mm-hmm. so one thing uh, which is very important for us is that we, even though we are going to use in the beginning fixed routes and fixed some kind of a schedules every five minutes or every three minutes or something, but in the future we will target to have this kind of a demand responsive service element where uh, the users of the service will they are able to call or use their application to order. The, trans- the automated transport almost to their home door. But you cannot do this if you don't have uh, good, reliable and, and working communications. And that is also the reason we have 5G. Of course, when you order a trip, so it, it doesn't have to be as quick as, uh, let's say, reacting to dangerous situations. But anyway, 5G is also making this possible because you, have, you can have so much more capacity when you use 5G. Um, I would like to go back a bit to your own motivation about the topic. 
And um, you mentioned a lot of things, like you mentioned this uh, from a very broader level, so it's a, the, the, the collaboration in the project between the different cities, the different countries, and even in Europe and beyond. Uh, you mentioned technologies, uh, you mentioned um, impact on society. So we, we, I'm very glad we had already all these thema thematics covered because that's, uh, that's what, we are, what we are exploring in the project. But what's your, what is your own motivation for automotive mobility? What is your, like, what's uh, motivates you in it? What's exciting for you like, about, this, about this topic very, very personally, so to say? So the one thing you say, that's kind of cool. Well, I could say that um, one, one good argument is that my, my daughter is living in Hervanta suburb, but that's not the case. But personally, I think that um, we have to remember that the population is aging. And people don't want to drive their cars anymore. And on the other hand, um, also society wants to get rid of too many uh, personal cars in city centers. And I support the idea because I want to, to, let's say, I want that the future generations also have a possibility to enjoy the world. And if we don't do anything, if we let things go as they have gone for ages now, so we will pollute and we will congest the whole world. So I think... Uh, I, I, of course, it, it's a kind of a philosophical issue, but I want to do my share to to be able for the future generations also to enjoy not only, uh, let's say, live in an environment which is not comfortable, but to to enjoy the sustainable uh, environment and 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 fresh air and sun and so on, and not to be caught in a, in a congested uh, city centers where you cannot even breathe. So this, this is a kind of a bigger picture and, and uh, well, I believe I believe that together we can do it. Let's hope for the best. Let's hope we will go in the, in the right direction. Do you want to add something? Is there anything we forgot to address? Well, I think we, we should have open minds and open eyes and not to be afraid of testing new kind of a services because they they have been and will be developed to help us and um, i know already now that most people are not against automated driving but we should make uh, our best to really to help them to use automated transport to develop first of course develop and then use automated transport and show them that there are no risks and it's safe and it's it's environmentally friendly And it's also nice. Let's not be afraid of the future developments. The best one will, best ones will stay and will be used, and some of them will not be used. But let's test them. Mm -hmm. I think that's a, that's a, a great way to 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 finish this uh, episode. Um, let's test more. Let's investigate. Let's find out what works, what what doesn't, and we will uh, we will have uh, many many learnings for the for future for the future project and initiatives. Thank you very much, Pekka, for, for being with us today, for answering all these questions and giving us your uh, great insights. I think I will ask uh, UATP to hire you, actually, <laughs> because you you are really, uh, I can feel the, the public transport uh, motiv motiv for motivation in you, so that was uh, very nice. And uh, yeah, I wish you all the best. Have a good, uh, safe trip back uh, to, to Finland and uh, we keep in touch. Thank you, Henriette. Uh, and I wish... 
I could work for UITP, but I'm so old that I have to retire one of these days. <laughs> okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Automating Mobility, the people behind the wheel. This podcast would not have been possible without the support from the Horizon 2020 program by the European Commission under the grant agreement number 875530. Check out the links for the show project and other references in the description of the episode and subscribe to our newsletter to stay tuned. Don't hesitate to share this episode or give us feedback to it. My name is Henriette Cornet from UITP and I hope to see you at our next episode. <laughs>